0: One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris.
1: And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance this uh, Friday afternoon. We're going to be talking today uh, about reflection, about the law of reflection Uh my uh, friend and mentor, John Maxwell, um, talks about, you know, at the end of the year, uh, really putting some significant time into understanding and reflecting on what has occurred this past year. And not only, you know, obviously going through your calendar and understanding, you know, where you've been, but who you've spent time with and, and uh, the the people and, and purpose for which that time was spent. Um, it, it really uh, becomes, it's an interesting experience. And uh, so I've heard him talk about it for years, uh, never really practiced it and decided for today's show, we are going to be reflecting on 2019, start talking about uh, the potential future of 2020. Uh, and, and I think my key word for 2019 is transition. Um, it's been a, a transition and transformation as I continue to, to walk down this path of personal growth. Um, at the same time, uh, you know challenges and, and new opportunities in business uh, are are shaping kind of the direction of of where we're heading. If you just look at the pure numbers of it it was it was a really busy year i uh, I took 40 different trips uh, this year I traveled for a total of one hundred um, and forty six days outside and even hit a couple of different countries so it was it was a big um, Uh, Travel year. Um, Although I feel like, and it's probably honest, I'd have to go back and and look um, in in the prior years, but I didn't feel like I traveled as much this year uh, as I normally do. But I feel like some of the events and some of the things that I traveled to uh, were much more um, rewarding for sure. Uh, Some of the people I got to spend time with, some of the things that I got to do and see. Um, and then uh, we had a couple of, of really unique experiences this year uh, that really kind of shaped 2019 and, and get us kicked off in, into a new decade. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, the law of reflection, how to reflect back, how to um, take some time. And, you know, John has a, a couple of different systems. He says, you know, each week, you know, he spends uh, some time thinking about the prayer week, um, uh, the a little bit more time at the end of the month, a little bit more time at the end of the quarter, and then at the end of the year, uh, spends a, a significant amount of time kind of reviewing all of that. Uh, and it all comes from you know experience, not being the greatest teacher, but evaluated experience, right? Sitting down and truly evaluating what's happened, uh, where you were, and um, remembering that. For those of you that uh, are wanting to be speakers or, or somebody who wants to write a book, You know, journaling and going back and reflecting through the journal is a really, really positive tool, um, especially as you start to collect personal stories to be able to share from stage uh, that that can support a point or support, you know, what it is that that you're trying to go through. Um, I had two big uh, certifications that I went after this year. The first one uh, being Global Priority Solutions Uh, It was something I had decided to pursue because of our work in Costa Rica with John Maxwell. Uh, which is really the art of, of roundtables, and we did a couple of shows on this. Uh, we've talked about it quite a bit, but um, that was that was a really really good time. Uh, we got to to go to Berlin, Ohio, is in the middle of Amish country, and uh, really understanding and getting back to the roots of of core values and how to discuss those with teams. Uh, so it was a it was a worthwhile certification. It's something I was excited to do. Something that we incorporate uh, now into our agile practice, and and you know. A lot of you that, that follow me or follow the show are, are doing agile transformations or trying to figure out how to build high-performing teams, and, and I'm saying that this is one of the most powerful ways to build a high-performing team. If I was going to transition that, um, one of the reasons why it's so powerful is that people will learn uh, facts or learn things about each other that uh, they didn't know before. And, and it, it doesn't you know generally come up in conversation, but as they begin to share uh, as they go through this process, they they start to build a, a bigger bond. If I look back into my career as to where I saw something like this work, I'd, I'd have to go back to my PMO at the bank. Uh, it's probably one of the most high performing teams uh, that I ever had, and I don't know that I had very much to do with that. Um, I know that I created a structure in which it could occur,, uh, but it's still you know each team member's responsibility to 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 dive in. but, I had taken uh, inspiration from my friend uh, Wayne Brady. who was on a show called Whose Line Is It Anyway? And speaking of Wayne, man, kudos to, to Wayne for, uh, for winning the, uh, <clears throat> the mass Singer. That was incredible uh, as the fox. But anyway, uh, his show uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway uh, had a, a saying that says where everything's made up and the points don't matter. And so I took that as an inspiration to create somewhat of a team game um, and in my status meeting once a week, uh, I had everybody go around the, the room and award points uh, to other team members. And you could award as many points as you want, but award points to their, their team members and, um, and point out, uh, you know, something that they did nice for each other. Uh, so, so-and-so helped me in this meeting, so-and-so helped me, you know, create this document or created a connection for me, whatever. Um, and so we would total up the points at the end of the month and everybody would put $10 in a pot and whoever had the most points at the end of the, at the month got to spend the money as long as it benefited the team. Uh, and uh, through that experience, this, this group of people just uh, really, really became a very, very close knit, high performing team to the point that, you know, we were on a floor where there was like 10 other teams and everyone was envious of that team. They always did everything together they always um you went out to lunch together They're, they're always having fun with each other and of course there's you know the little infighting and squabbles that happens in a brother sister type relationship but they resolved it really quickly um and it all spun out of just taking a few minutes each week and showing gratitude and appreciation for the other team members and what i really thought what was making a difference is you had to actively look for something good versus actively look for something bad. It was just a small switch. Um, but by actively and constantly looking uh, for things that went well, they then, you know, uh, really started to build a, a team together. So that's the GPS, uh, certification. The other certification in, in why I wasn't on the show last week is, uh, I got a chance to go to uh, uh, Phoenix. We had some clients and some things that we had to deal with, some issues. Uh, But then I also dealt, uh, got to go uh, see Dr. Cialdini and uh, had to present uh, his material and his science to him. Uh, And I don't think I've been critiqued like that in in a long time, Um, but uh, Dr. Cialdini wrote the book, uh, Influence, uh, the Science and Practice of Persuasion uh, which is in its fifth release at this point. Um, and uh, that was a fascinating experience because I have stumbled into a lot of these principles of influence and these principles of persuasion. Um, I knew certain things worked. I, I just knew it worked. But what I didn't understand is the science behind that. And so I'll give you an example. Um, you know, one of the the things that I've said on the show before and I say it in my seminars is, you know, when somebody asked me a price, I actually did it today when somebody you know, meeting them for the first time. And, and I don't even know if we have something that's really going to help them. And the first thing they, they ask for is a ballpark, you know, what, what's something like this cost? And, you know, I say it jokingly, but I go, you know, I guarantee it's going to be less than $5 million. And then I'll, I'll embellish it a little bit more. Like today I said, yeah, but I worked with this guy before. He's a good dude. So uh, I guarantee it's going to be less than, than two and a half million. Right. And, and it's a joke and people laugh, but we get past that question. Um, and I'm also setting an expectation that whatever the price is, it's going to be way less than two and a half million. It, they're going to feel good about the price. Now that's just something I stumbled into. It's something that um, I just figured out along uh, my natural sales process. Uh, but it turns out there's science behind it. There's, there's actually a, um, a, what's called a rejection and retreat technique where you present something larger uh, and when they say no, you give a, a gift of a concession, and they they are more likely to say yes to that. Um, if you if you've noticed uh, uh, on the web, they'll do that. You know, the, here here's this bottle of something you want. And it's it's forty dollars, and you go no, and they go well. How about twenty five? And you're like, oh well, twenty five's not bad. I'll take that. Right. It's it's a, a standard kind of technique, but there's science behind it. Uh, there's studies. There's science. There's uh, statistics and in. in kind of some of that automatic decision-making that, uh, humans have. So, uh, this was really diving in and understanding why certain things make us more, uh, vulnerable to, to purchase something than other things. Um, and so that's, that's been a fantastic, uh, certification. And, uh, You know, I've said on the show a thousand times, I I say it on stage, is the number one thing a project manager really should invest in, in terms of developing skills is influence. And influence is persuasion and influence is leadership. And so if you can find ways to ethically um, increase the likelihood that somebody's going to, to follow your lead, then, you know, why not understand that? Why not grow that? So that was the reason why I went to go see Cialdini. Uh, the reason why I went after that certification, but it's, it's phenomenal science. It's really, really cool at the end of the day. And you guys can pick up that book uh, called Influence the Science and Practice of Persuasion by Dr. Cialdini. And he's got a lot of the science and research in there as well. Um, so that was uh, last week. I was, I was uh, wrapping up that certification before I went and, and visited a couple of clients. But uh, really interesting um, uh, topic and, and thing to do. Um, so those are the, the, the two big certifications I went after, um, plus the trips. When we come back, uh, I'm going to tell some of my, my kind of favorite stories that came up as I was reflecting on the year of 2019. We'll talk about um, some just cool small world stories. Uh, we'll do that right after the break. You're listening to Rick Morris and the Work-Life Balance.
0: Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes. R Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software?
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business
0: Network. You are tuned in to the work life balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance.
1: And we're back to the Work-Life Balance this Friday afternoon talking about reflection as I look back on 2019, some of my favorite guests, some of my favorite stories, some of the things that that I uh, just wanted to take some time and reflect on uh, as we wrap up this year. Um, so one of the cooler stories that, that, uh, happened to me this year, um, started a couple of years ago at, um, at the John Maxwell team. Now, if you followed my journey on the John Maxwell team, i you know, I talk about this all the time, but when I joined the team, I joined very selfishly. I, I wanted to leverage some of John's content, maybe get some proximity to John, uh, and really start to, to try to, to bring some new material to my speaking career. And uh, so I walked in and I was like, I don't know what this is going to do for me. You know, I'll try it out. I'll see what's up. And uh, when I met several of the people that are now our friends and, and mentors and coaches of me, um, I, I realized how selfish I was actually coming into this. And so I, I flipped that me to we. So not about what, what it was going to do for me, but how could I start to serve the team? And I, and I jumped in with both feet and uh, started serving just really relentlessly. Any, anybody that asked me for time, I'd give it to them anytime uh, there was anything that had to be done at, at this certification event, uh, I was jumping in and doing it. And um, through that, uh, found this reward. So we talk about sowing seeds. And they say, sure, you know, when you sow seeds, you know, some some will fall on, on you know, concrete, some will fall on, on ground that's not fertile, but some will actually, you know, actually grow into fertile ground, something that you can reap, but you can only reap what you've sowed. And so uh, I just started throwing as many seeds and, you know, for two or three IMCs, nothing really happened. Um, but I just kept focusing and kept uh, uh, pushing and making sure I was serving the team. And when we serve the team, if you look at a typical day there. Um, I'm generally up at, at six in the morning. Uh, we run the, the food room. So I'll be in there for all three meals. Uh, we have the full certification all day. And then generally there's something at night as well, either a leadership game night or mastermind night. And we will facilitate tables to, to teach new members how those those functions work. And so I was serving a, on a leadership game night and, and just, you know, served my table as best I could. So now it gets to be a, a couple of months later uh, and I get a phone call at the blue from a person that was sitting at my table at the leadership game. And that's the first time I had met them and the only time I'd really worked with them. And uh, she was letting me know that that she had a, a six-figure contract for Microsoft that uh, she wasn't going to be able to deliver because she'd just gotten a student visa and couldn't take any any money, uh, external money, or she would lose that visa. And, and was really excited to finish the education. So she had this opportunity and thought of me, and so that allowed me to to, to travel to Prague and and be able to work with Microsoft. Turned out to be a really rewarding um, experience but I would have never gotten it if I wasn't serving and if I wasn't serving with a pure heart and not, you know, not trying to solicit business or, uh, amp up, you know, who I am. It was just in, in pure service. And that was one of three deals that I've received from facilitating that, that game night, uh, which has paid me back more than the investment uh, than I've ever made into the Maxwell team. Um, so to me, it was a perfect example of patience, uh, of sowing seeds and, and being in a, in a spot and being ready for when that opportunity was ready to be reaped. So, um, that's, that's a story I won't, I won't forget. I think my biggest story of, of 2019 though, um, had to be the, the reunion of the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, it's, you know, 30 years in the making. It's something that, um, I, I brought with me through my youth. We've, we've maintained relationships. Um, and as it really started to, to get closer and closer and, and start to, to become more of a reality, um, it was just a, it was a interesting and, and rewarding experience. And so for those of you that didn't, didn't follow that uh, in the show, we've got a couple of um, uh, shows out there with uh, Chase Hampton, Dale Godbaldo, where we're talking about the experience, but in a nutshell, right. it, it the, the show aired or started to air 30 years ago and um, we weren't prepared for kind of how this all came about. So when we first started to talk about doing a reunion, we thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could get like a BB Kings, uh, rent that out, m- you know, sell 200 tickets and just have a night where we all could celebrate each other and, and catch up with each other and things like that. And um, so we, we started down that plan. Um, and then it just started getting bigger and bigger. And um, I remember we approached Disney for two things. Number one, you know, did they want to be involved? And, and number two, uh, could we get some licensing on, on merchandise? And uh, you want to talk about poking kind of a sleeping bear. At first, you know, Disney was was not interested at all. They didn't even have uh, an EPS logo of, of the Mickey Mouse Club logo, uh, one that you could use to, to make merchandise. We had to remake it. But uh, as we started to, to, to plan and grow this, we, we all looked at our calendars and we selected the best date that, that worked for, I mean, think about the coordination. You've got, you know, 20 plus musketeers coming in, all their families. You've got the, a, a crew of six people that are producing it. Um, so there's a lot of coordination that went into it. And so we, we picked the date that, that was best serving for us. Uh, pick the date. We book a hotel. As we go down, though, we find out that we happen to pick the same weekend as MegaCon, uh, which is going to be bringing a hundred thousand people through, um, you know, kind of a, a sci-fi and, and fandom kind of experience. And so we thought we were dead in the water. You know, why why would they pay to come to our event if they were, um, you know, already coming to see like the cast of Back to the Future and um, and uh, Lost Boys and that kind of stuff? So. I think they got the cast of the Goonies together at this one, and so we we forged ahead, but ended up contacting MegaCon to let them know that we were going to be there, uh, which turned into a huge uh, benefit to us because MegaCon, uh, w- with open arms, invited us to have our panel interview um, there. So now we've got the opportunity to to kind of cross promote with a hundred thousand people. So now the, the we're getting bigger, and then. Um, we wanted to have some charitable causes, so we reached out to Give Kids the World, which, which takes sick children to, uh, to Disney. And, I mean, just a beautiful experience. I actually volunteered there when I was in high school. Um, but Give Kids the World, and we reached out to uh, One Pulse uh, Foundation, which was uh, obviously a foundation that came out of, uh, out of the mass shooting um, at, at the Pulse nightclub. And uh, so we made them our, our, our uh, charitable benefactors cause we were really kind of running this as a, as a nonprofit event. And uh, the moment we signed give kids, the world Disney was interested again and ended up giving us um, the world pavilion at Epcot. So then we got bigger. And so all of this, you know, was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, you can listen to that show uh, which was on in May um, about you know more of the details, but all that said and done, we ended up having about 4,000 people, uh, roll through the event at, in in one way or another. We had the largest panel interview of, of MegaCon, and we were all blown away by the uh, the fans and how they showed up and how they really represented and, and what this show really meant to so many people um, that that they rolled through. Uh, what was interesting is we were also trying to get um, some, some licensing on merchandising. We got the ability to sell specific event merchandise, but there were some things we wanted to take forward, um, and Disney was kind of dragging their feet. Well, it turns out they actually just released a whole clothing line. Uh, so when we say we poked the bear, uh, Disney had no idea that this fandom was still this active and and this lucrative, really, for them. Um, so it was an interesting experience all the way around to not only run an event of that size, uh, but something that was so meaningful to so many fans and dealing with giants, you know, like, like Megacon and Disney and that kind of stuff. I learned a tremendous amount. Um, and it was, it was probably, I, I think I slept, you know, 12 hours that entire week. Um, but, uh, it was certainly a, a rewarding experience and, and something that was super exciting uh, to be a part of but probably one of the biggest and, and coolest events uh, that I've ever had an opportunity to work on. And, and there's a lot of stuff that's coming out of this. We just, uh, we just got invited to, to speak at uh, uh, the city summit or city gala in, um, in LA in February where several of the Musketeers, myself included the the production team. Uh, we're going to be uh, out there the weekend of the Oscars and have the ability to um, to To speak on stage and talk about uh, the event and, and where we're headed, and then there's several of us that are that are still working together to to kind of generate the next thing that comes out of this. So uh, we have the opportunity to work with with Lindsey Alley and Tony Luca and Chase Hampton, Dale Godboldo, Rona Bennett of of uh, uh, Vogue, and so a lot of a lot of positive things were coming out of this. But the event itself is is one of those once in a lifetime events. I think uh, for me. Um, is certainly the the largest uh, fan event that that I've ever run uh, and ever had uh, the the responsibility to run. Uh, so in in all said and done, you know it, it was a huge success and uh, uh, a memory that uh, ha- has reignited uh, some careers, uh, rebuilt some relationships, and. Um, gave a uh, fan base an opportunity to introduce uh, these people that meant so much to them to, to their next generations. And, and, and uh, I just uh, I couldn't be more proud and uh, blessed and honored to, to be a part of it uh, and thankful. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is um, we had these little uh, MMC30 necklaces made to kind of commemorate it. We gave it uh, one to every Mouseketeer. Uh, and every person that i bumped into since, we, we all still wear it. Uh, that's how meaningful that event turned out to be, not only for the fans, but uh, for the families and for the, the people who participated in the show. Um, so each time I, I bump into somebody, I see that they're wearing the necklace, and that just uh, adds to uh, the lore of that story. Uh, when we come back after break, um, I've got a story that, that happened uh, literally on the plane ride home. Uh, from, from Phoenix uh, that I'm going to share. And then we're going to talk about some of my favorite guests and shows that we did uh, in 2019, right here on the work-life balance. You're listening to Rick Moore.
0: Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes
1: to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guests today, we'd love to have you call into the program. At one 472 5790 Again, that's one 472 5790 If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance.
1: And we're back to the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. Uh, on break, I was just looking at uh, a, a post that was sent to me. Uh, but we, we had mentioned it uh, just a second ago, and I was going to dovetail that into another experience. But, uh, you know, there's a show called The Mass Singer, and uh, I, I love it. My, my family and I are addicted to it because it's, it's celebrities that um, either really can sing or have always wanted to sing. Um, and so you think of something, uh, a show like American Idol or The Voice, um, but uh, they're, they're in complete character, and the character means something to them. Uh, and then uh, at the end of the show, whoever gets voted out reveals, you know, the celebrity. And there were some really, you know, strong celebrities this year. But Wayne Brady actually won the show. Um, and that dovetails into, you know, October 12th uh, was Wayne Brady Day in Orlando. And I, I had the honor of being able to to go down to, to Orlando and uh, see Wayne get a, a, a certificate. He, he basically got a key to the city. Uh, and then he performed in the Dr. Phillips uh, Theater that night. And we uh, were surrounded by by high school friends. And, you know, I took uh, my high school best friend and his wife and a couple other people to the show and just had a really good time with Wayne. And uh, so uh, the, the post that I just got, he he released a, a single called Clarkin' With Forever. A great song. But it's like at number 16 right now on iTunes and climbing. So if you haven't heard that song, go listen to it. It's on Spotify as well. About Flirting with Forever uh, by, by Wayne Brady. But that, that whole trip, that October trip was cool. It was kind of in and out. I, um, I flew in. Uh, we, we did Live to Lead. Uh, and I flew out right when Live to Lead was done and went to Orlando and uh, met a bunch of high school friends and got to hang out with them. And then we all went to the show the, the next day. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And it's, it's, it's great to, to see people that, that have always kind of known who you were, right? It, regardless of what we do and success and that kind of stuff. When, when Wayne and I see each other, it's as if we're you know still, still back in high school. Um, it's, it, it's great to see somebody so humble and, and so talented uh, get validated for something he loves to do. So that was really cool to watch. Uh, if you were watching and you didn't know that he was the Fox and he won, my apologies for ruining the show for you. Uh, but, uh, hopefully, uh, you'll catch up anyway. Uh, um, so, uh, I, I, said I was in Phoenix, uh, last week, uh, working with Dr. Cialdini as I was flying home or flying out. When I flew out, um, I have to take little hop jumps from Birmingham to Atlanta and then Atlanta to wherever I'm going. And so there was a gentleman sitting next to me, uh, on the plane. And, and I'll be honest, gang. Uh, as much as is, I love people and value people. I don't like to talk on planes a whole lot. It's kind of like one of the few times I get to be alone with my thoughts, and um, I kind of like to, to zone out, and let my subconscious do some work. And um, so I, I'm not a big talker on planes. I'm just not. Uh, but this guy, you know, just started a conversation with me. He's very cordial, very nice, um, and uh, I could tell something was was kind of bugging him. So. Um, and uh, so I engaged in the conversation and really nice guy, but he was struggling because he, he owned his own business and, uh, he had a, a a key employee that was transitioning so that he was going out to, to work with that employee and then go visit a couple of accounts. Um, and then, you know, built, bid the uh, employee farewell and and move on. So it was an important trip. Well, meantime, um, his son. Uh, was getting uh, a bronze star. He, he's he's in the air force. He was getting a bronze star, and bronze star is a big deal. It's not something that's given out freely or or often. Um, and so it was a it was a really big deal. And, and, and he was kind of bent that, that that he couldn't make the the ceremony. And so I just started talking to him, just asking questions. Of you know what what are you doing Monday? The the ceremony was on Tuesday. This is Sunday. We're flying out. And uh, I said so you know, how important is this meeting? What, what are you going to be doing on Tuesday? That kind of stuff. And I just started to give them suggestions. I was like, well, if I were you, I, I'd, you know, keep the trip and I'd work Monday and just tell the, the, this employee, say, Hey, you know, something's come up. I'll be back late Tuesday night. I'd fly uh, to South Carolina Monday night, go see your son, get the bronze star and then fly back, uh, you know, late Tuesday night and then visit the clients Wednesday, Thursday and come home. And, and so he had never really adjusted a trip like that. And unfortunately, I've adjusted trips like that all the time um, through my travels. And so he asked a bunch of questions and I answered them. And, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm going to think about it. And, you know, plane lands, we, we part ways and, and that's it. I, I never really thought about it any further uh, until I'm getting back on the plane to come home. And sure enough, he's actually sitting across the aisle from me on the flight back home to Birmingham. I don't think it's ever happened to me in all my travels that I was on the same flight going out and coming back as the person I was sitting next to, for sure. Um, and uh, he he just got super excited when I got on the plane. He was like, dude, 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 dude. And so, I, again, I'm sitting directly across the aisle from him, and he was like, I can't believe I've run into you again. I was like, what's up? What what, what happened? He goes, well, I, I followed your advice, and he goes, I did it. I went and saw my son. And he goes, it was the greatest thing. And he goes, everything worked out exactly as you said it would. You know, I, I was able to make it. Um, you know, I made my flight back. My clients, you know, were happy. Um, nobody was upset that 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 I took the detour. And I, and I was like, that's awesome. And he goes, but the biggest thing is, is I didn't tell my son or my family that that I had changed my plan. So it was a complete surprise to them when he showed up at the ceremony. And so he, he was taking pictures of me and and sending them to his wife, you know, this is the guy, you know, that kind of stuff. And for me, as I reflect on that story, you know, I spent 20 minutes with a guy and um, had, had we not bumped into each other again, I probably would have forgotten that I had that conversation. Um, But uh, he, he attributed his, his decision to me. And I kept telling him, dude, you, you're gonna make this decision. I'm just giving you the other information to so, so that you can pull the trigger. But, but you were gonna do this. You were gonna go see your son, man. Um, but his his genuine uh, uh, excitement and, and uh, gratitude uh, that came my way just fired me up. I, yeah, I was so pumped uh, for the rest of the weekend. So excited that it, it really um, it kind of changed me as well. So, you know, I say all that to say is there's going to be times and, and, and people that get brought into your life that, um, are in the right spot at the right time to give you the information you need to hear at that moment. Uh, the universe is amazing that way and how it lines it all up. Um, but, uh, if that's an opportunity for you to pour into somebody's life, take, take the opportunity. It's supremely rewarding, um, for that. And, uh, that actually starts to dovetail me into some of my favorite episodes this year but it, it's a similar story uh is um i was serving uh, on the maxwell team and again working the food room and uh, a lot of times i'll pick different tables and sit down just intro- introduce myself to to people that are new and you know answer any questions and just have a conversation i probably have 20 or 30 of those conversations a day while i'm there um, and so we're we're at an imc and a a lady by the name of uh, joanne hessian comes up to me uh and says there you are and i was like okay and i and i to be honest i had had no clue didn't remember her um and she was like you sat down with me at lunch at the at the last imc and you gave me a piece of advice that i followed and and now i'm i'm starting this organization in in ireland and uh, bringing john maxwell over to speak and and you know i I knew I was going to do it. I just needed that push. And, and you gave me that push. And, and I'm so thankful. And I was like, wow. Right. Again, it just blew me away. Um, the, the gratitude. And, and so she and I started uh, a friendship and she, she now runs uh, Lift Ireland, which is um, really focused on bringing transformational change to the country of Ireland. And uh, she has the, the connections and, and the, the gumption and the intelligence, uh, to, to run this and run it effectively. So we actually got her on the show this year um, to tell her story about Lyft Ireland. So if any of that interests you, you can look up Joanne Hessian. Uh, I believe we had her on uh, in like July or August. Uh, but a phenomenal episode and, and one of my favorite episodes um, this year. Uh, another one that was really exciting for me and surprising uh, in a way to me but was a gentleman by the name of Scott Miller. Now Scott is the the um, like the chief thought officer for Franklin Covey, a fantastic organization, um, you know, based on on Stephen Covey's work, um, and uh, you know he had reached out and wanted to, to join the podcast, and you know we, we didn't really get a chance to to meet each other beforehand, and so I really didn't know what I was getting into when we got to the show, but he turned out to be one of my favorite interviews of the year. Um, Phenomenal guy, uh, phenomenal book, um, and and shared a quote with me that that I actually used uh, just last week. Uh, but basically, you know, Stephen Covey had said, "If you defend those that uh, are absent, you build trust with those that are present." So essentially, if if you know, don't gossip is essentially what it is. But if people are gossiping about somebody behind their back, and you defend them to the people that are gossiping. Uh, then most likely they'll start to attribute you as a trustworthy you know person as well because they know you won't talk about them behind their back right so it's what a great quote and it was one of those just aha moments when when i'm meeting with the guest and they drop something that's just very very meaningful uh to me but I was thankful to scott he's a he's a fascinating guy he uh Ah, uh, just actually um, got invited to to speak at the Rise Conference with Rachel Hollis, um, so I mean he's he's definitely a, a mover and shaker in this industry. But it was a phenomenal conversation um, with Scott. I think uh, what, one of my most favorite things that that we did this year, though, was was introduce uh, my co-hosts. So uh, I've I've had the opportunity. We we, we have this call. Uh, on most Fridays, we, we we try to do it every Friday. But um, but uh, I had built an accountability partnership uh, with Amanda Lefevre and Chrissy Krumzak, um, two members of the John Maxwell team with me. And I can see just in in both of their futures, I could just see a podcast. And, and so we started, you know, playing with the format a little bit and start talking about it. And um, I had a, a just a weird spot in my calendar. Where I wasn't going to be able to do this show for for three straight weeks and so I said you know you guys really should take the show over and and see if there's chemistry and see if this works out and and, uh, turned out to be one of my favorite episodes uh, of the year um, as uh, as I definitely can see a future for the two of them doing a podcast together um, just in in sharing you know their everyday lives and and what it's like uh, to be them Uh, and what's fascinating to me yeah uh, is they're both just lovely, lovely women, beautiful women, intelligent women. Um, but Amanda sees Chrissy the way Chrissy sees Amanda, but they don't see that within themselves. And I just to me that's we've got to explore that. I think that's fascinating. Um, I because most of us see them both for who they are and in and, and the the beauty they have and the intelligence that they have. Um, but both of them kind of feel like they, they're not, I don't want to say good enough, but they're not ready for this or they're not sure they should be doing certain things. And, um, and so if, if, you know, Chrissy goes, well, I shouldn't do this. Amanda's the first one going, no, 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 you should. If Amanda goes, I don't know, I didn't like it. Chrissy's like, no, that's awesome. Uh, and so it's just fascinating to me that, um, uh, that they don't see themselves as, as they see each other. And I think that that's something that should be explored. I think it's relatable. Um, And so if you go back and and look at uh, the the episodes, uh, one of them is called Two of Your Five, uh, where we introduce Chrissy and Amanda to to the audience of fantastic shows, one of my favorites that that I did this year. I got a couple other favorite shows I'm going to share with, and uh, then we're going to wrap up our final segment here. Uh, And then I do have an announcement about next week's show, but we're going to share that on the final segment. You're listening to Rick Morris and the Work-Life Balance. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: Are you getting the most out of your project management software? you are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's one 472 5790 If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance.
1: And we're back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon. Gonna finish up our reflection of, of 2019, some of my favorite stories and some of the favorite episodes that we had on the podcast this year. Um, so going down that line, I, I think one of the biggest, not not coups, but uh, the, the biggest connections that, that I got a chance to make and, and really foster was with uh, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Um, Dr. Meisner founded BNI uh, which is a huge uh, networking group um, that's that's got chapters and, and, and members all over the world. Uh, and uh, he did uh, a, a show called uh, you know Who's in Your Room, and uh, he was he was phenomenal uh, and fascinating to talk to uh, in terms of of how to network properly, how to how to grow your influence, how to build a business that way. Uh, and so you can can research back and look for that episode. Uh, but it was Dr. Ivan Meisner who's in your room, and then I got a, a, a nice chance to to bring friends on. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I have another podcast that that I'm the chief interviewer of, uh, which is hosted by Paul Gustafson and Mike Harbor, and that's the Transformational Leader Podcast uh, that's sponsored by the John Maxwell team. And so as part of Uh, Transformational Leader Award that uh, that we give out. There's there's interviews with the people that that are the finalists uh, for that award, Um, and so that's where I got the opportunity to meet uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, who who uh, won the award, Uh, got to to work with Barb Stegman, uh, Quint Studer. Uh, These are just names that that if you don't know them, you need to research and and know them. Uh, But we brought Paul and Mike onto the show to discuss this new podcast and. It's been a lot of fun uh with them creatively uh you know when you do this show there, there's often times like today where i'm just sitting by myself in, in in my home office uh staring at a screen uh and not sure if anyone's listening right <laughs> if anyone's paying attention um with, with that show uh, uh getting some of the feedback and the the things that we're seeing it was pretty exciting i also brought dale and chase on we we referred to them but dale got baldo chase hampton were my uh uh, co-executive producers for the Mickey Mouse Club reunion. and I brought them on the Friday after the the reunion and uh, just kind of discussed our experiences and, and reflected on uh, what that week was really like. Uh, it turned out to be a fascinating show. Uh, and then brought uh, also a good friend of mine that that literally uh, was a hostage negotiator uh, and now he teaches de-escalation skills. Uh, his name's Daryl Rivers. I was actually in his wedding. Uh, last year as well. But, um, you know, Daryl uh, provided a tremendous amount of insight. So if if you're new to the show, you're just picking this up and and you're wondering, you know, what are some of those other episodes uh, this year to go back and and listen to kind of my favorites. There's Scott Miller, uh, Chrissy Kromczak, Amanda Lefevre, Joanne Hessian, Ivan Meisner, Paul and Mike, uh, Dale and Chase, and of course, Daryl are are absolute kind of my favorites and tops Um, of this season which leads us into you know what's coming next what's what's 2020 look like and uh one of the shows i i I didn't reference but i should have um i I did one this one's uh relatively recent but we talked about ai uh, artificial intelligence and its impact on on the project management profession i did that with Moore riva uh who uh, is the director of strategic alliances for the nice corporation uh, and so in full disclosure, I, I've signed on to, to start to help NICE uh, represent their software, and I really think um, that's going to be an exciting path uh, for R-squared to take uh, as it marries our strategic alignment and business process reengineering practices with some really cool technology that can make an impact. Um, but that signaled a significant shift in my business uh, because up until this point, you know, we've been mainly a project management office and and, uh, project project portfolio management system implementations. Uh, And so 2020 is gonna be, uh, I I would have to say if I'm gonna pick a word right now, um, my word for 2020 is gonna be shift. It's gonna be shift. Uh, I'm gonna shift and transition a lot of things in my life uh, to kind of realign with the way I want the next decade uh, to flow. Um, you know the 2010s, I, I, I learned a ton. I mean I started my my company uh, technically in 2006, it exists as R squared as of 2009. So I'm 10 years into it. And uh, to, to, to have a small business survive that long is, is a lot of work. Uh, we've talked about my near bankruptcy in, in, in 2013 on the show. Um, and, uh, having to pull out of that and, and really start to, to redefine and, and, pivot on, um, on where I wanted to be. I can see 2020 being, being a huge year of shift. Um, we're shifting technologies. Uh, I'm shifting uh, my focus of where I, where I, you know, focus on uh, in terms of the clients that, that I service. Um, and I really want to, to to shift a lot of my my personal life a, a, as well um, as I look to be more healthy and, and, and certainly uh, look to, to, to be happier as, as we go. So I think uh, 2020's word is is going to be shift for sure. Um, with that being said, this has been a, a phenomenal year in terms of, of all of you listeners out there. Uh, the show has, has grown tremendously again this year. Um, and so I, I appreciate the the faith, the feedback, the people that show up for us, uh, you know, every week. And uh, you know, I had some really cool experiences this year. I remember, um, you know, early in the year we had a couple of replays back to back just because of my schedule, and I had a couple listeners reach out to me to make sure I was okay. And that was that was a cool that was a cool thing, man. It, it was it was really sweet um, to hear from people and to and to to notice that there was a that, that I hadn't been there. And so again, you know, we, we do this, there's, there's thousands of podcasts that are out there now. You know, it seems like it's, it's like the book industry, just rapid, right. You know, 15 years ago, it was a huge thing to have a book. Now everybody's got a book and, and, you know, five years ago it was a huge thing to have podcasts. Now everybody's got a podcast. So a lot of competition out there and and I'm appreciative uh, and very, very humbled um, that you guys still uh, uh, continue to listen to this one and still allow us to, to explore the work-life balance and explore um, the the, the journey that we've all been sharing. So we hope to continue to do that in the future. Now next week, I was validating that that we are gonna have a show. We are gonna have a show uh, and uh, we'll look for final confirmation, but I'm 99% sure that we're gonna have the the incredible Tony Luca on the show with us. Uh, Tony is, is a former contestant of The Voice uh, was a Mickey Mouse Club member as well and is just a, a phenomenally intelligent, well-read individual. It's a show that you're, you're absolutely not going to want to miss. Uh, that is, is coming up on uh, the 27th. Uh, we've got some some really strong guests uh, coming up on, on the 3rd uh, of January. Um, and, and I'm just confirming now, but uh, on the 3rd of January, Ah, uh, we've got Rock Thomas, who has founded a group uh, called M One, uh, and it's it's basically a networking group, a incredible group of people that uh, discuss and, and uh, hold each other accountable and discuss business. and And he founded this organization. Uh, we're going to have Rock on uh, the third and on the tenth. We're going to have uh, a favorite of ours, Jamie Beckler, back on the show. Uh, Jamie's been on a couple of times over the years, and he's got a new book that is has dropped. And so. Uh, We'll be talking to him on the 10th. So we've got some exciting shows coming up again, Tony Luca next week. But uh, uh, with that being said, I, I, again, just deep appreciation to all of you that continue to listen and support the show. Uh, I I wish you guys a blessed holiday, new year. And uh, as always, we'll be here on Friday, uh, the work-life balance. We thank you so much. Continue listening to the voice America business network as uh, another exciting show is coming up right after mine. And uh, until next Friday, we will talk soon. I hope you live your own work-life balance.
0: Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.